It's really easy, really easy to think that the world is a, a dark and difficult and hard place um, because that's what sells newspapers. But actually, if you just take the time to look around, you'll see kindness everywhere. Hello, my friends. Welcome to Connect with Confidence. We have such a special treat today because I found a new friend on the other side of the planet who has just published a book that I know you will love and will be a great support to so many people. So please make welcome Lara Cullen, author of How to Be a People Person. I'm so excited. Thank you, Lara, for joining us from your early morning, my evening across the planet. Hey, Carrie. Thank you so much for having me. It's really exciting. Yeah, and a super exciting time for you because the book has just launched, hasn't it? So it what's has. Been, what's your last few weeks been looking like? Yeah, it's been it's been surreal. Um, so the book launched um, two weeks ago today, I think I've lost all track of time, all yeah. perspective of time. Um, yeah, two weeks ago today, no, three weeks ago today. Um, and then I had a book launch here in London the week after that, which was really special, really lovely. And then the last um, the last 10 days or, or two weeks or so has just been kind of like decompressing after you know, the, the run up to it um, and, and all the activity. So now I'm sort of beginning to go, whoa, that just happened. <laughs> yes, I totally relate to that. Um, now, I have to acknowledge the dear Val Clark, who actually lives 10 minutes across town from me. However, she introduced us because she's in a writing group with you. And she said, yeah. hey, this book has just come out, How to Be a People Person. I'm like, oh, fantastic. I have to meet this girl. Um, mm. So big shout out to Val. And she actually edited painstakingly, did an amazing job. As you would know, Lara, what an editing job is like and how much authors appreciate our editors. So yeah. Val edited my book, How to Talk to Strangers, which is my third in this series of Talking to Strangers. Uh, the previous ones are Do Talk to Strangers. And so when I saw your book and the subtitle, Be Kind, Be Brave, Be Brilliant, I just fell in love with the book with you. <laughs> and uh, so I would love to hear uh, your story that, that brings you to write such a book and maybe, you know, for our writing friends towards the end of our conversation we can unpack a few tips for people who want to put their thoughts into a book but tell us about your journey like is this something that has always been a part of your story or has this kind of emerged more in recent years yeah so um it, it emerged more recently um it probably helps just to give a little bit of background to um my my kind of professional background um, so I work as an executive coach and I run a business called The People Person. Um, and it is both doing you know, coaching, so working with people in businesses, working with people in um, helping them with their careers in life in general, and also uh, training, development, that kind of thing. And, and, and I set up The People Person having had a career in HR for 15 plus years. Wow. Um, and so originally the people person was about, you know, your one stop shop for all your people needs. And then, you know, I, I was increasingly asked, what does it mean to be a people person? And I thought, you know, because the traditional definition of being a people person is somebody who's outgoing and somebody who's chatty and somebody who's charismatic and, and good with um, good with others. You know, that that's brilliant. And, and that's absolutely valid and, and true. But 
some of the most inspiring, engaging people, leaders and humans I know um, are highly introverted, are um, much more uh, comfortable in their own skin than necessarily around other people. Um, but they're authentic, they're true to themselves, they have certain ways of being, living, operating, engaging, that make other people want to be around them and that make them able to bring out the best in other people. So for me, a people person very quickly became anybody who's able to get the best out of others. But I think the, the, the kind of the, the, the gap in that definition is ourselves, because the one person that we spend time with more than anybody else throughout our life, the one consistent is ourselves. And so you know, for me, it was about expanding the definition of a people person about being good with others as somebody who's able to master themselves, be good with themselves, get the best out of themselves. So I took the liberty of redefining what it means to be a people person as anybody who can bring out the best in themselves and others. And for me, the more people that are able to do that, the better the world is going to be, right? So that's where the background to the people person came. And then in terms of converting that into, into a book and something that I could help people with, um, that came a lot more recently. So um, it's really born out of the pandemic. Um, and because my business was so face-to-face -face prior to the pandemic, both doing coaching and going into companies and doing lots of training and so on, pretty much overnight, um, I just noticed my entire pipeline disappear. So all of a sudden, I had lots of time on my hands. And I really had to think differently about what I did, how I served people, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. So I was working with my own coach at the time. And she was really encouraging me to, you know, try and put everything together in a way that would would make sense. Um, and that's when I developed the methodology. So I call it the people person's way and the book, how to be a people person is based around that. Um, and it's on three key ways of being. So being kind, being brave, being brilliant. And within those three ways are four pathways within each. So effectively it's a 12 step guide to bringing out the best in, in yourself and others. And as we were, as I was working through that, she kept saying to me, Laura, this is a book. This is a book. And I was like, no, it's not a book. I couldn't write a book. And she said, it's a book. It's a book. And, and the more I played with it and, and she introduced me to her publisher and the publisher loved it as well. And I thought, yeah, maybe I can do this. Um, so I'd always been interested in, you know, it had been actually been sitting on my vision board for a really long time to write a book, but I just never thought, um, it would happen yet. And I think had it not been for the pandemic triggering it and the fact that we were in lockdown for over a year, which meant that I had the time and the space to do it, it probably wouldn't have happened. So it's it's my lockdown baby, which I'm now presenting to the world. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I love that, you know, you've got those three ways with the, the four steps within that. You reminded me in, in my latest book, I have a contributing author called Patrick Galvin whose book is The Connector's Way. And uh -huh. then he's just published The Trusted Way since we published We Talk to Strangers. And I feel that we are in this period in time where people want to know what is the way that you do things? And, you know, as a coach, and I've been coaching for 17 years, so I feel like I so relate to your journey. And we have these conversations with people. We unpack all these insights and we start observing not only ourselves but you know our coaches sorry our clients journeys as mm. well and uh, and I love that 
you know, I can't think how you said it, but I talked about connecting with yourself and connecting with others. And you said something very similar to that. So it's, it's beautiful that you're bringing this to the world and, and seeing the work that you've been doing with clients for years, I imagine, you're drawing on that. Absolutely, absolutely. And it really did come back to thinking, you know, what are the things that make people of the people that I've worked with of the people that I've learned from as well, you know, from my teachers too, and, and they may be formal teachers like mentors, coaches, bosses, they may be people whose books I've read or things I've watched, or they might just be people I've come across. Yeah. But what are those things that really make a difference in terms of people being happy, healthy and successful? So it was kind of it was kind of quite quite magical how it did all all come together in this in this um, in this way that as I say um, people have really been able to to grab hold of and, and work with and and even before I put it into a book what I started doing was um, you know just testing the the concept obviously so I was I, I ran a group program uh, where we would work through each of the steps week by week. And um, the, the results that came out of that exceeded even my expectations, you know, um, which is which is great. And that's something that I'm doing more of now with the book and, and really kind of helping people bring that to life. Um, and, and that's really, you know, it's one of those things, I think, when you when you design, when you create something, you think, is this going to work? Is this going to make a difference? And you kind of know that it will, but you still have that doubt because we're all human. Yeah. We all yeah. have that self-doubt. Yeah. Um, and then you see it and you see the difference that it's made to people from you know, setting up their own businesses to making big life changes to whatever it might be. And, you know, I mean, that's the that's the the stuff that makes our jobs worth it. You know, that's the, the jobs worth moments where it's like, OK, yeah, <laughs> this is why we do what we do. Yeah, it's so invigorating, isn't it? So enlivening. Mm. Um, so I wonder, I can imagine people might say to you, oh, I'm not a people person. Yeah. So, so what do you say when you get that kind of response? Well, I think, um, again, it goes around, it goes back to understanding or, or, or forming an understanding of what it means to be a people person. So what do you, what do you understand by that? Yeah. And so some people might say, I'm not a people person because I don't connect well with others or because I actually prefer my own time or, yeah. you know, and, and for me, this really isn't about how sociable you are um, or whether you prefer to have two or three close people in your life or two or three hundred it's not about that. It's about, am I able to get the best out of myself? Yeah. And yeah. because the thing is, if you are getting the best out of yourself, no matter how you are or who you are, then you will get better out of the people around you. People will respond better and differently. Yeah. And so if to me, when I think of my definition of a people person, which is somebody who can bring out the best in themselves, if they say, well, then that's not me. I'm like, okay, now I'm interested. Because would you like to, <laughs> do you want to get the best out of yourself or do you not? And so I think anybody has the potential and the capability to do that. And so the the, the different pathways um, in, in the book are really around, you know, the steps that will help you to bring out the best in yourself. So within Be Kind, for example, it's about learning how to be compassionate towards ourselves first of all because most of us give ourselves a really really hard time yeah. um and then it's about understanding what we need to do to maximize our well-being so the second pathway is be well so what do we need to do to maximize well-being the third pathway is is belong so this is about having connections yeah. but first of all a connection to ourselves and so it goes it goes on from there and you know and and the, the final pathway is what I call be a beacon, which is that light that others can can follow. So there's a whole journey to getting there. 
Um, but ultimately, anybody who is themselves yeah. and is is optimizing themselves for me is a people person. Yes, and what I was hearing from the very beginning is is that honesty and authenticity with yourself yeah. first. Absolutely, yeah. Which like sounds. Um, you know, it, it sounds quite easy, doesn't it? It's like, oh yeah, let's be honest, let's be authentic. Oh my God, it's so hard. <laughs> yes, yeah. I think if you'd asked me, you know, 20, 30 years ago, if I was, I'm just thinking, oh, how old was I then? <laughs> <laughs> if you asked me when I was young, you know, did I think I was an honest person? I would have said, absolutely. Yeah. But I was honest to the extent that I, that I understood. I wasn't necessarily honest with myself. So yeah. I didn't even know if I wasn't really being honest with other people. You know, yes. somebody said, oh, do you mind helping with this? Do you mind doing that? Oh, no, of course not. Yeah. But maybe I did mind and I did resent it, but I yeah. hadn't actually heard myself think, you know, I wasn't really honest with myself. And I think it really takes time to start unpacking what is it to be really honest with myself and really authentic. And, you know, it all is wrapped up with also being well, <laughs> you know, listening to ourselves and what's going on. Um, yeah, I wanted to ask you more about kindness because it's uh, it's something that you know I've referred to a lot lately too. And there's uh, since the pandemic, uh, a group started in Melbourne called the Kindness Pandemic, a Facebook group, and so everyone's sharing their stories of just little moments of kindness and you know it's letting somebody in at the checkout, you know, when they've got yeah. five things and you've got twenty five, and it's you know just handing over some change when somebody's stuck or you know, going to the rescue when somebody's on the street and going through some crisis, whether it's a, a, an accident or dropping their groceries, all of those little moments, they're so uplifting. So when you're saying being kind, of course, as you said, it's being kind to yourself first and others, but uh, tell us some of the stories that you've encountered or maybe shared in your book or that you would have loved to have put in the book but didn't have any more word count space. Oh, my gosh. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the, the, I, I think it's exactly what you've just said, you know, for me, kindness is in those in those small moments that happen every day. Um, and again, if I can, you know, anchor us back to back to the pandemic, as much as we all want to escape from it and pretend it didn't happen. I think that was a, a time when we really did see humanity sometimes at its worst but more so at its best and so you know really gorgeous examples of communities coming together um of people um you know of people supporting each other checking in on their neighbors yeah. um you know one of the things that myself and a, and a friend did at the start of the pandemic and and i, and I guess this falls within the area of of kindness um but we, so as I mentioned, my, my background was in HR before I became, um, before I became the people person. And I remember when we did have this sort of, oh my gosh, like all of our work has just, all the coaching and the training work has, has disappeared. Um, having a conversation with somebody else who was an ex-HR person um, and saying to her, do you know something, I'm so grateful that I don't work in HR right now because... 
imagine the pressure of this totally unforeseen new thing yeah. and not only are you trying to navigate it yourself but you're trying to navigate it for you know, entire groups of people and you're going to have to make really difficult decisions and etc 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 um so we decided pretty quickly to gather a lot of the people that we knew who were in those roles often completely by themselves one person in the company with all this responsibility on their shoulders and um, created a little network for those people to come together to meet weekly to just share um, tips on how they were handling it within their companies but more than anything just to provide a space where they could actually be supported and so we thought you know because everybody thought the pandemic was just going to be three or four weeks of working from home didn't they yeah, it's, quite <laughs> convenient. Yeah. it's like you know oh gosh exactly this will all be over in a few weeks we just need to stay inside for a couple of weeks and then we'll be done little did we know um but anyway so through that period they all really supported each other and actually the group is still is still going but i've seen real kindness from those people who you know, technically you might say, okay, is this business competitors? You know, they all do similar roles, but within different organizations. But the generosity of sharing knowledge, the generosity of sharing emotional support, the vulnerability that people have shown, you know, just coming onto a Zoom meeting with a group of strangers and pouring your heart out. You know, so I think that's that's something that um I, I've I've witnessed that kindness. Um and again, there's a couple of other groups like that that I've either been a part of or or guested on. There's one here in the UK um called the Back Lounge, which is for people in the music and events industries who are really, really hit over the last 18 months. And that started from somebody just putting a call out on Facebook saying, I'm really struggling and I don't know about anybody else, but if you are, I do want to jump on a Zoom and, and have a chat. And again, they're still going a year and a half later every Wednesday night. And I've been lucky enough to, to see them in person as well. And just the love, the support, the kindness, the generosity. Yeah. God, you know, so so um, I think sometimes it is in those situations of adversity that we really see humanity come out and show us what we can do um, and again yeah like you said those tiny little moments just walking down the street and you see somebody hold the door open for somebody who's got a pram and loads of shopping bags or somebody who you know holds the bus so that the person who's running up the street can can get on it you know it's really easy really easy to think that the world is a, a dark and difficult and hard place and um, because that's what sells newspapers but actually if you just take the time to look around you'll see kindness everywhere absolutely and this is uh, why your book is so important and why i'm so excited to see that come out and you reminded me something you said in there about just you know small kind moments and finding things online so sometime in the past year I found a UK site, which I guess it's global now, anything on the internet really is, that mm. started in the UK, the Handwritten Letter Society. No, the Handwritten Letter Appreciation Society. I think that's okay. so beautiful because, you know, even a handwritten letter can be so um, uplifting and so kind to take the time yeah. to leave a note for your barista or for your neighbour or for somebody that you don't know. Yeah. Um, so something else that you shared just then, um, you know, the person going online and saying, hey, I'm really struggling. That is so courageous. And uh, yeah. so that leads us to the next part of your subtitle, um, Be Brave. So yeah. tell us about, about this. 
Sure. So um, the, the I guess the three subtitles, the three ways are deliberately sequenced to build on from each other. So in order for you to be brilliant, which is all about stepping into your potential, et cetera, et cetera, you've got to take some risks. Yeah. But in order for you to take those risks, you really have got to have learned how to be kind to yourself so that you are, first of all, well resourced, but also that if those risks don't pay out, you're not going to beat yourself up. You're not going to, you know, do, do even more harm to yourself. So once we've we've worked through the four pathways of being kind, the next four in be brave. It starts with being real, which is all about authenticity and yeah. connecting to your true self. Be bold, which is one of my favorites because it's one of my the ones I've had to work on the most. Um, and that's all about boundaries, yeah. um, boundaries with yourself, boundaries with other people, setting them, pushing them. The third is be curious. So that's having interest, being interesting and interested. Yeah. And then the fourth is be purposeful. So that's connecting to your, your kind of your purpose, your why, your values. Yeah. And for me, those four things are incredibly brave. So going back to this authenticity, um, you know, to I, I've developed within the within the the book and within that pathway a, a, what I call a recipe for real, a formula for authenticity. So it's like, how can you have a formula for authenticity? That's like a contradiction in terms. But it goes back to something that you were mentioning earlier. You know, when you were younger and you you kind of thought you were honest and authentic, but you didn't really know because you didn't really know who you were. Yeah. So um, it starts with awareness. And in addition to the 12 pathways and the 12 steps, I've got what I call a thread of awareness that runs through the whole book and the whole way, because to master anything, to change anything, to be okay at anything, you've got to be aware of it. Yeah. So in order for you to be authentic and real, you've got to develop awareness. You've got to know who you are. You've got to kind of have that, have that, um, that, that sense, that knowledge. Um, so that's the first step. The second is acceptance. So once we have got a sense of who we are or of what's going on, then we've kind of got to accept it. And by acceptance, that doesn't mean settling or, um, you know, it, or, or, or suffering or struggling. It, it means acknowledging and naming and knowing. So, um, you know, one of the examples that I taught, I, I don't think I, I went into it in detail in the book, but I allude to it in the book is um, a client I had who was really struggling to come to terms with their sexuality. So the first thing that they needed to do was to be aware of their sexuality. The next was to accept it instead of battling against it and saying, I wish I wasn't attracted to people of the same sex, um, was to accept it, accept they are. And then the third element is courage. So, and courageous action, so acting on it. So um, those, the, all of those things, you know, they, they demand enormous courage, being authentic, having boundaries, being curious and then being values led so that's that's be brave <laughs> oh i love that i love it. and I, I know that it will have different listeners every time but i know that some of my listeners who know my content will just be going oh my goodness you are twins <laughs> <laughs> because in, in do talk to strangers which i wrote in 2014 well that one actually took two years like uh two and a half years to drag that book out of me um you know it all starts with awareness which is exactly what you said <laughs> absolutely absolutely and it's awareness um so again within the the people person's way and within the framework there's those three ways of being but the the model i call it the bring model because it's um it's three rings and then there's all the different ways to be around yeah. it but the three rings are self others and environment 
exactly yeah yeah so you start with self but it's not like well I'll, I'll nail myself i'll sort myself out and then i'll think about other people and then i'll think you know it's more like walking one foot goes in front of the other but to get anywhere you've got to move them both yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so um yeah it's it's there's that self awareness of self awareness of others awareness of environment when you've got the three mixing and blending and overlapping then then you've got the magic oh absolutely it is and um, and i'm sure you would find the same thing you could literally spend a whole day just on awareness of mm. environment couldn't you like it's we you could spend a whole day <laughs> just on awareness yeah. absolutely i mean awareness is like it's um there's a fantastic book i'm not sure if you've read it called insight by dr tasha yurik um so if you haven't yet come across that add that to your reading list and i'd suggest the same for any of your listeners as well and and she talks about awareness being the meta skill of the 21st century yeah. um what's really interesting to well to me anyway is that um if you were to ask people if they were aware and self-aware in particular 90 to 95 percent of people would say that they are yeah. but the research that she carried out with thousands of people over several years found that only 10 to 15 percent of us are self-aware so 80 to 85% of us are walking around totally deluded and kidding ourselves. And it's usually, usually the least self-aware who are most confident in their abilities, yeah. um, which kind of makes sense. Because if I think of some of the people I've worked with, I'm sure it's the same for you. Um, you know, some of the least self-aware people, especially in, in business, if you were to ask them, were they self-aware, they'd be like, yeah, of course, I'm so empathetic. I'm so great with people. I'm totally yeah. self-aware. You think, Ooh. <laughs> are you? <laughs> yeah, I, I can imagine people saying to you, um, oh, yeah, I'm a people person. Just like yeah. you say to me, oh, yeah, I talk to strangers. And I just, yeah. I kind of want to pause and just say, and do you listen? You know, like, is there that self-awareness of, uh, and uh, awareness of that, person and the environment that you're in or is it just that you're great at talking and I think sometimes people can think that being a people person is just being able to go in there and talk to everybody but it doesn't mean that there's any depth that there's sincerity yeah. or um you know like that transformational change that you can have in a really honest authentic conversation so yeah. like, that's really interesting that research and I think having you know having been a coach for 17 years I think you're about the same and working with coaches ourselves you know I hear that you have a coach too we are aware that we are growing in our self-awareness <laughs> but also that we have blind spots so, yeah yeah I think uh, there's there's probably something for all of us in that deepening yeah yeah and, and also recognizing that we change yes. and so that version of ourselves that we were kind of familiar with five years ago probably is no longer valid or accurate and um and it's really important to check in with yourself and to you know just do things like checking in against your values or mm. are they still the same as they were five ten years ago is it still the same things that are important to you mm. um do you still want to live your life in the same way you know yeah and i think another gift of the pandemic is that opportunity to reflect and go do i want to keep doing life the way mm. that i was doing it you know people have been talking about getting back to normal or you know the new normal like what does that look like and I think it's it's probably good that it hasn't been just like three or four weeks so that we could just go, okay, great, now we're back to the office. <laughs> you know, where do we go from here? And I think people are really 
asking some questions and it's an important time for coaches to really be present, be doing our own work, but to be showing up for people who want to, you know, be kind, be brave, be brilliant and uh, really connect well with the world around them because it's so important, I guess, more than ever. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, yeah. So tell us more about Be Brilliant. Okay. So Be Brilliant is the, the final of the three ways, um, the four of the pathways in there. Um, so it starts with Be a Student, um, moving on to Be Confident, Be Calm and Be a Beacon. So Be a Student um, is, it, it kind of flips the idea of um, that, that so many of us have had up until now on its head around to be brilliant, you've got to be the best, you've got to be a master at something. Um, and I think, you know, certainly if you've, um, I was about to say, if you've got any high achievers listening, I'm sure you have high achievers listening because yes, you know, the people who are interested in podcasts such as these are people who are interested in being them best with their best selves and so on. Um, but there's, you know, there's so much emphasis that's been put on, you know, uh, on, on mastery and mastering and, and getting things right and getting things perfect and I think that that really really sets us back and that actually in order for us to get closer to reaching our potential instead of aiming to master something what we should aim towards is to constantly be a student um, so and that means that if because that if we make a mistake it's not a failure it's not the end it's just a step on the journey um, if you, you know, if your obsession is with, with mastery, with perfection, with reaching the top of the game, then anytime you are not that effectively, you failed. Whereas by having this mindset of being a student of continually learning of humility, that means that, you know, you can learn from those people who are maybe are less experienced or have less years around the clock than you do, then you can be successful every single day. So that's what being a student is all about. The being confident um, is much more about accepting yourself as opposed to being able to walk into a room and just own the floor or talk to anybody, you know, actually being confident is really much more intrinsic than that. So again, you know, I, I share a couple of, um, of examples and ways around being confident. I talk about the voices inside our head. I call them the shitty committee <laughs> that we all have those little voices, you know, that tell us that we can't or we're not enough in whatever context. And, and again, really the work that we do in Be Kind, which is about saying, yeah, okay, maybe I'm not perfect, but I'm still okay. And that's okay. That allows us to be confident. Um, becoming is the bit where it's like, okay, you know, it's great. All of this theory is fantastic, but you've actually got to do something about it. Um, and here I talk a lot as well about taking personal accountability. So, you know, I, I describe it as being powerful or powerless. So when you're powerful, you're in your responsibility, you're taking ownership, you're taking 100% responsibility for your share of whatever the relationship is, no more, no less. And powerless is when you're either in victim or you're in rescuer and you're taking too much. Um, and then, as I mentioned earlier, be a beacon, which is the, 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 cl the closing of the loop is about just being you and, and, and being the best you that you can be, which creates that light for other people to to do the same, to follow. It's that inspiration. It's like, oh, OK, right. You know, if they can do that, maybe I can. And gives permission to people to show up as they are and to be you know, to be themselves. Yeah. 
That is beautiful. I love Thank it. You. And so tell us a little about when you were young, like were you a confident person? Did you, would you have been described as a people person when you were like a child or a teenager? Yeah, two very different answers to that yeah. question. Me too. <laughs> so, yeah. As a kid, yeah, I was I was pretty outgoing and um I I grew up the first eight, nine years of my life, we grew up in the same household as my grandparents. And um my mom was one of eight, so a typical Irish Catholic family. So we always had people in the house, you know, whether it was uncles, cousins, people visiting my grandparents and so on. And so there's always people around and I was really interested and I love being around the adults and, and all that kind of thing. And then we moved out, we moved, you know, maybe 20 miles down the road, which when you're 10 or 11 feels like a really long way away. And it was just myself, my mom and my brother and, and much less people. And that was really weird for me to get my head around. Um, and then I moved into teenage years, um, where, <laughs> and this is where there's a different answer to the question, where you know, I was really not as interested in people. So I was a typical grumpy teenager, you know, locked myself in my room, listening to grunge and all sorts of stuff, dressed like a goth. Yeah, <laughs> so, um, so less so in my teenage years. And then um, my 20s, you know, I, I've always, I think, again, you know, became... I've always been sociable and I always wanted to be where the action was, but was I getting the best out of myself? Was I getting the best out of other people? Absolutely not. Cause I just, I didn't know who I was. I, you know, I was, I was kind of all over the place as a lot of young people are. Um, so it really, I think my journey to where I am now probably started in my mid thirties, you know, when I took that time out to, go through some really um, deep personal development and confront yeah. my demons and my blind spots and accept the ways that I was rubbing people up the wrong way. And, and I think, you know, also as we get older, you know, when we're younger, for many of us, not all of us, I appreciate, um, but life, you know, there, there's a kind of um, an optimism that we all have but and as we get older and we get bruised and knocked you know, we can still be optimistic and I do still describe myself as an optimistic person but obviously you know I've, I've I've experienced loss and I've experienced suffering and I think that really helps shape you into somebody who can then be more empathetic then be more compassionate then connect to other people in a different way because you've experienced that yeah yeah so, so you're not in your early to mid 30s like I thought you might have been when I saw you on Zoom. <laughs> oh, bless you. Gosh, no, no. No, add another decade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we really can go through quite a journey of, you know, confidence and authenticity throughout different periods of our life. And uh, you know, it can be useful to look at it in decades, like you've just described. Um, yeah, because we can be showing up very differently depending yeah. on what we've been going through and where we yeah. are and all of those factors. Sure. But I think, you know, I, I, one of the things that I think has been pretty consistent for me, maybe even in those grumpy teenage years, 
and this is back to your your book and in, in your subject of of um of interest um and talking to strangers and i've always been really comfortable talking to strangers and i love talking to strangers and some of my best friends have been made as a result of talking to strangers yeah um and i think that's been pretty consistent through through the years for sure yeah and was that a, a family trait also is it irish i mean every irish person i've met <laughs> just fallen in love with straight away so <laughs> I think, uh, you know, if I can generalize, the Irish are beautiful connectors. Uh, that's my experience. Yeah, I think some of it is definitely cultural. Um, and probably those early years of having loads of people coming in and out of the house would have helped. Um, but I find, you know, I've been now in the UK even longer than I've, I've been in Ireland. And I find still when I go back home, you know, there's just that lovely warmth and openness that Irish people have that, um, you know, I'm uh, hopefully I haven't I haven't lost in since I've been away. But um, yeah, I think I think it's something that's part of our, our culture. And there's been times when, you know, I, I've deliberately cultivated it. So I remember you know, a couple of years ago having setting myself a little challenge where I was going to connect with three new people every single day. Yeah. Um, and that could be, you know, uh, just a, a silent connection like daring to make eye contact with somebody on public transport which you don't do in london it's an unspoken rule everybody like you know keeps their eyes down in their newspaper or whatever um so making eye contact with somebody or just striking up a conversation with whoever was serving me in a shop or or you know however i could but challenging myself to make a connection with three new people a day and as say you know, i've i've got some people in my life and there's one person in particular who i'm thinking of who's become one of my closest friends as a result of thinking Oh God, it's 6 p.m. and I've only I've still got one person to go. <laughs> and, and striking up a conversation with somebody who ended up becoming, you know, five years later, one of my dearest friends. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so part of it I think is 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 upbringing and culture, and, and part of it is um was more deliberate. Yeah, and you mentioned earlier about being bold and pushing yourself out of the comfort zone. Yeah. Pushing your own boundaries. And yeah. you know, just an activity like that can be super useful. So, you know, I'd love to encourage any of our listeners who might want to take that on and, you know, whether it's two or three, but mm -hmm. do we have even one. to connect? Yep. Even if it's one person, I mean, some days you might not actually leave the house, but then maybe you can connect with somebody online. There are so many ways. Uh, or, you know, it might just be dropping a text to somebody who you haven't spoken to in a while. Um, you know, one of your friends, like it's always really nice, isn't it? To receive a text out of the blue from somebody who, who says, hey, how are you doing? I've been thinking of you, nothing else. Yeah. Just, you've been on my mind, I've been thinking about how are you doing? Like that's such a gift to give to someone. Yeah, it's a beautiful gift. So uh, yeah, we would love to get any feedback from anyone who's listening and says, yeah, I'm gonna take action on this one thing. What is that one thing that you would like to do to yeah. connect more, be more of a people person? Maybe it's actually taking time for yourself to, to listen in to what's going yeah. on inside, yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. I feel like I could talk to you for ages. Just a little <laughs> bit more on, um, you know, London trains, because they got a mention in my 2014 Do Talk to Strangers, because uh, my parents had been there. My, my first time in London was actually just 2019. So <laughs> I haven't wow. had experience there myself. You made yeah, it just in time. Yeah, I did. Um, I did talk to some people on trains, which was lovely. Uh, but I do understand that there is that unwritten rule that you don't talk on the trains in London. But I have seen, and maybe you've noticed uh, actually in person, <laughs> I've just noticed on the internet, 
there have been movements in the UK where people have been wearing little badges to say that they want to talk to strangers or, you know, to have a carriage that's like a conversation carriage. There's, there's this desire, I think, while you've just talked about, you know, the Irish tendency to connect with people. I think anywhere in the world, people want to connect. Mm. Um, so what have you seen in the UK? Like, has it been just in recent years, as people are losing connection that they're starting to reach out? Um, um, what have I seen? Um, I think, so I, let me, let me ponder that one for a minute. It's, it, what I'm trying to answer or, or reflect on is what I've seen versus what I feel. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, maybe tell us both. Yeah. Cause, um, you know, I, I haven't yet seen, um, like those people with badges I, i've heard about it yeah. but i haven't yet seen it um um but i feel that particularly as we've come out of the pandemic my my experience my kind of yeah my, my sense is that people are yearning to have a different form of connection because it had been taken away from us for so long yeah. and i think that's one of the good things that has come out of of this is we no longer take people for granted in the yeah. same way that we do. Um, so the communities that are springing up online or in person all, all over the place is is really reassuring and, and seeing things like, um, you know, there's the community notice board. I think it's internationalnextdoor.com. I think it started in the States and it's a place where people in the local community can just connect with each other. And usually they just post about things like missing cats or, yeah. <laughs> you know, does anybody know a good window cleaner? But it is also a nice way for people to feel like they're part of something. The writers group that you mentioned at the start of of this um, conversation, you know, that began because because people were no longer able to meet in cafes and, and co-work together. And so people were working independently. And so the two founders decided to run a little experiment of, hey, for 10 days, because again, we all thought this was going to be like two weeks, three weeks, <laughs> but for 10 days, let's all log on at the same time together. Um, and we'll work independently, but it would be really nice just to know that other people are are kind of in the same space as us. Yeah. And um, and that started out really small. And at the end of the 10 days, they started, you know, they decided to continue because people kept showing up. And I've been on that group now, and sometimes there's 300 plus people logged in for a single writing session from all over the world. And for me, that's a really big sign that people want to connect with others in however however way they can yeah. um yeah it is pretty powerful to to realize or to feel that like i'm not alone in this mm. and maybe you feel alone in you know your writer's block or you know you want to write more newsletters or maybe you want to write a book but there's this feeling of being stuck and alone and isolated so i yeah. think it's beautiful and i'll put a link to that that group in uh, the show notes as well as that book that you recommended and of yeah. course, your book and all of your links because I know people <laughs> want to follow and find out um, more about how to be a people person so uh, yeah I want to encourage everyone to go get that book uh, it's just beautiful I started reading it a couple of weeks ago and then it has vanished from my technology so <laughs> get it again don't worry That's right um, yes yeah, so I've seen it there on Amazon which is awesome uh, yeah, so, and I did say at the beginning that, yeah, maybe we can unpack a little bit more about mm. the book process. So is there anything you'd like to share? Like, what was surprising to you about 
either the writing process or becoming a published author? Sure. Um, I mean, I think it was all surprising because it was all so new to me. And as I say, you know, it was something that was on this like vision board slash list of goals, but one of those ones that you think, yeah, but like, one day. I really want this, but how can I do it? Yeah. And, um, and so for me, it was, it was quite an iterative process. So my, my coach connected me with her publisher and I just thought, I'll, I'll just see what happens. And so once I decided to take the plunge, the way that I worked with my publisher, and I know that, you know, everybody is different or people will have really different experiences. Some people will choose to go alone completely. Some people choose to write the book themselves first. Um, and other people will do it in the way that I did, which was I, I worked with my publisher from end of October last year till the end of May. So it was probably a nine month process where I would send in in small batches what I was doing. And for me, I needed that accountability and those um, those short deadlines. So if I had just been left to get on with my own devices and said, right, you know, here you are, 28th of October, you've signed the contract to write this book, send it into us at the end of May, I would have probably put the first words down at the beginning of May because that's just me. So I need accountability, I need deadlines, and that really worked. The other thing that really helped me, and I know I couldn't have done it without, was that writer's group. Um, and, you know, just um, having that time each day, which was sacred, which was for my writing. And even if I did nothing else on the book that day, knowing that there was at least one hour when I would, when I would write helped allow things to add up. Um, and then I think the final, final, what, a, what else? One of the final things was just how different the finished product was to the first submission that I made. Yeah. And I look back now on the stuff that I put in that first submission and I'd say, you know, 90% of it didn't, didn't make it at the end. So it really, it really grows. It really forms. It kind of writes itself, regardless of what you might've thought at the beginning. And so if you're looking at, you know, if, if you're doing this for the first time and you're thinking, I can't do this, this is junk. Um, how am I going to be able to put my thoughts into a way that people will enjoy, understand, find useful? Just keep on going because it will, it will form, it will, it will evolve. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It's great to hear your journey. And yeah, we, we don't do these things alone. Even though you might be sitting there writing alone, it's getting feedback from people who are reading your work and saying, yes, this is useful. Because I'm sure you might relate to that feeling of when you looked at these words over and over you start thinking is this useful yeah is this even making any sense does this matter to yeah. anybody and then somebody reads it and says oh my goodness i love the way you've articulated that and yes like, oh really okay good <laughs> yeah completely and i think in you know in a way i wrote the book that i needed oh, i think yeah. we all do that <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely um, but I really had to take my own advice when I was writing it because, you know, I've never written a book before. I don't, I'd never seen myself as a writer. So I had to step into this new identity, but I really needed to learn to be kind to myself and not yeah. to expect, you know, and so this bit about being a student instead of being a master, if I had expected or put the pressure on myself of writing the best book ever, then nothing would have got done because I'd have been paralyzed by fear. Yeah. But instead, if I was able to adopt the mindset of I'm learning how to write a book, 
it allowed me to explore it with more curiosity and playfulness and openness and, and so on. So I kind of I really applied the concepts of my own book to, to my journey. Um, and it's it again, I think it is an act of courage to put something out in the world because you have no, just back to your point, you have no idea whether people are going to like it or not. You're looking at it, you're looking at the pages and thinking, oh, this is junk. And yeah. it's only when you know and you you take that that step of accepting that it might be junk but you're going to do it anyway yeah and then it usually pays off but that takes a lot of a lot of goods that's right and it's the authenticity and courage that people relate to and and that's what makes it so powerful and useful so mm -hmm. thank you so much for um well this conversation but thank you for putting your heart into that for the past year you know like it really is um you know, people talk about birthing a book. And I'm not sure if you used a phrase like that earlier <laughs> at the beginning of that yeah. conversation, maybe before we recorded, but it is so like that. You know, you're really giving something so personal to the world and then we have to just let it go and do its thing. Yeah, and it's funny it's because so many people have said to me in the last couple of weeks, they said, oh, that's great. You know, you've written a book. When's the next one coming out? And I'm like, guys, can we let the stitches heal before we talk about the second baby? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, can, like, we acknowledge this? can we appreciate this? Yeah. beautiful all of yeah but it does you know i'm uh, we, we i i think this was before we recorded um uh you know i i'm tired like it's you know it, it has felt like a labor a labor of love and i'm yeah. so proud and so delighted i did it but i'm but i'm tired it's it's taken a lot of me i've i've put a lot yeah. of myself out there so you know now i'm going to i'm gonna let the stitches heal <laughs> i'm gonna <laughs> you know take my advice be kind to myself and then maybe we'll think about another book in the future but yeah it's yeah. it's a process for sure yeah and my dear husband who will be editing this uh this yeah. podcast he has been involved in all of my book journeys and so when somebody says something about the next book he just looks at me like don't you care <laughs> 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 and I'm like yeah maybe that's five years down the track or something um but yeah when we feel inspired to share something we're going to share it in whatever platform that is so you know i hope that your book will really embolden people to share their message in whatever way they do that but to show up kind and brave and brilliant is uh, such a beautiful thing to encourage people to do and i think i saw something on linkedin that was again words that i could have written as well um yeah uh something about where is that yeah, just contributing to a much nicer and kinder world. And uh, I just really related to that language because, you know, when people say, you know, what, what is it you're about? Uh, you know, what's your mission? And I find myself around a lot of business people and, you know, you have that mm -hmm. expectation of business speak. And I'm like, can we just inspire a more connected, compassionate world? <laughs> so, um, I'm just so delighted and honoured to connect with you, Lara. Likewise. Thank you. So we'll keep connecting online and uh, maybe one day in London or Spain or Australia. Um, yeah. Wherever. Yeah. But, Absolutely. Uh, so grateful to discover you. And uh, thanks again to Val Clark for connecting us. And uh, yeah, I need to jump into that writer's group as well. Not yeah, you must. Just yet, but you know, just <laughs> get some blogs written, girl. <laughs> 
is it. You know, it's a space where you can write a blog or a book or you can just clear your emails. Um, or one of the things I encourage people to do is morning pages, which you may yeah. have come across before. Yeah. yeah. So um, however you use that space, but it's, it's a really nice, it's a really nice gift to give to yourself. Yeah. So yeah. maybe I'll see you on one of the 300 Zoom screens, <laughs> Zoom squares rather, um, that, that appear. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you, Lara. And uh, thank, thank you, you to you, my friends listening from all over the world. Be kind to yourself, be brave and uh, be your brilliant self. Go connect with confidence.